Tired of pickup truck bed chaos? Meet Decked, game-changing USA-made full bed-length drawers for tools and gear. Waterproof, dustproof, lockable, secure. Whether you're working, hunting, fishing, camping, or just getting out of town. And introducing Decked Deco cases. Tough, modular, problem-solving cases built for the truck, job site, campsite, or garage. Say goodbye to random bins and tie-downs. Order now at Decked.com slash iHeart for free shipping. Decked, your truck, your rules. Decked.com forward slash iHeart. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. on the blitz here now it is time to join our day one our first friend of the show or he's joining us something like that all right you get it it's brian Backo of the pittsburgh post gazette kind enough to give us some of his time here as always mr Backo. two weeks until the first round of the nfl draft are, are you kind of like us like we we're not you know we're not dying to get there but at the same time it would be nice to have some real tangible decisions and, and and new additions to the roster to talk about. Are you kind of uh you counting down the days here in these in these next two weeks till we get some real tangible news to discuss? Yeah, Wes, I think I compared draft season to grass season. I cut the grass yesterday for the first time and it's bittersweet because it means summer's on the way and all the fun stuff that comes with it, but it also just reminded me I gotta do this, you know, thirty more times or whatever before I get to put that mower back in the shed. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's fun. Um, it's going to be a lot of work, as it always is. Uh, but right now, I'll say this much, fellas, knock on wood, if the picks stay the way they are, we're going to have an early one on day three, and then we're going to have a lot of lag time, mm-hmm. and then we'll knock out a couple late guys, and then we will be done. So uh, that, that could be kind of nice from the media perspective. Man, that would be actually good. We're definitely not going to complain about that. Definitely not, man. But for me, man, I wanted to hop right into this thing because last time we talked to you, there wasn't a certain receiver that had made his way back into the division. But since the last time we talked, that has changed. So I wanted to get your thoughts, man, on Odell, man, going over there to Baltimore. And ultimately, man, like, what do you think that impact's going to have on the Steelers and stuff? I don't know. I, I... – I'm not real big on this idea of the Ravens to go out and give Odell this money. I mean, I know he's he's still a, he's a, he's a great, I guess you could say at this point, at least in the yeah. modern of receivers. But you know, paying for past performance—that's not something they generally do down in Baltimore. I feel like they usually, yeah. they usually move on a year too early rather than a year mm-hmm. too. Late. So um, I don't know. They must know something that that I don't know. Um, you know, it's – I'm not real worried about trying to cover him is my bottom line. I, I think, yeah. 
they've had some weird stuff go on over the years with their receivers, Hollywood Brown, Rashad Bateman. They've all seemed to be disgruntled at times. Now you add the powder keg that is OBJ. So um, I kind of, if, if I'm a Steelers fan, I think I like the way this offseason has been so disjointed for an, for an organization that usually seems to have all of its ducks in a row. Um, maybe, maybe I'll look dumb if Odell comes out and at, you know, age 30 is just balling out there and, stretching the field and Lamar comes back and they're explosive through the air and on the ground. But uh, I, I was, I was pretty surprised by that deal. I'll be curious to, uh, to catch up on his first presser and see what goes down. Yeah. Now, do you think that this is ultimately going to persuade Lamar to return? I was just going to say, are we reading, yeah. are we reading the tea leaves here? Does this, does this mean that number eight's still going to be under center for, uh, for the Ravens? That's a yeah. lot for one year, man. Yeah. yeah I, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. I've gone back and forth. Like, I initially thought they were still going to find a way to work it out. Then when he <laughs> blew up Jim, uh, John Harbaugh's presser down there at the owners meetings with the Twitter trade request, then I was like, I don't know if there's any coming back from this, but obviously since then, you know, no other teams there, there have been no whispers about other teams getting involved. The Ravens have, as you would expect, played it very close to the vest. They're not saying too much. I always prefer to follow actions over words, especially at this time of year in the NFL calendar. And the only real action we've seen since Lamar's tweet storm has been going out and signing Odell, which, you know, it makes you think from both angles, the Ravens, do they want to add a player of that magnitude or that prestige? If you're about to move on to a rookie QB, who's, you know, not necessarily, you know, would you trust ready a, ready to win right away yeah and and ready to connect with a, a mercurial personality like odell i mean it's uh it's not like adding a jarvis landry type of receiver for a rookie who's going to be your safety valve this is a if you don't see me running free down the field we're going to have some problems type of receiver that you're adding to the mix so that's that's a little different and that makes me think yeah from their standpoint overpaying for a guy to entice a potential veteran to, to put his name on the dotted line. That's one mm. thing from Odell's, uh, from Odell's representation and, and his decision-making. Why does he do this deal if he thinks Will Levis might be playing quarterback for the Ravens, for example? Um, so I guess money talks. Um, you know, we were just discussing, um, you know, the, the big contract that they're giving him. So money talks, maybe that was by far the best deal that he got, but it does make me think that, if anything, there's some some smoke, some signs toward at the end of the day, both sides will explain that this was a necessary uh, entanglement. And the bottom line is they're back together for at least one more ride. Oh, that they are. I tell you what, it'll, it'll be interesting to keep an eye on Baltimore here in the next couple of weeks. Certainly when draft day approaches, it is it, Brian. Ba- guys connect and, and the offense is is rolling, hey. you know. They won't ask how you got there. They, they don't ask how. They ask how many. And if they're racking up yards and touchdowns and wins, this will all be water under the bridge. So we Certainly. will see. Certainly will. Uh, it, it's going to be interesting. The AFC North, it feels like every team right now is 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 at a very interesting crossroads. And and we've obviously been discussing some of that here throughout the offseason. We'll continue. It's our buddy Brian Backo of the Post-Gazette with us here on the Blitz. Uh, you know, speaking of reading the tea leaves, Mr. Backo, Steelers cutting Jameer Jones yesterday. Do I need to read into that at all? Is it is it a simple roster management decision or is this a we're releasing somebody to make room for somebody type move? 
Yeah, I, I didn't really understand that. I mean, generally, when a guy gets fired on his day off in mid-April in the NFL, he you're about to see his name pop up somewhere in headlines. <laughs> um, I haven't seen that, and I hope I don't with Jameer Jones. Um, but, yeah, obviously, uh, when a move like that happens, you immediately start thinking, like, well, what's the backup plan? Because at least on paper, he's the number three outside linebacker at the moment. So, I mean, there's obviously a lot more uh, dominoes that, that can uh, fall. But Dupree. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's it's funny, too. Like, I, I kind of forgot until I was uh, writing about it yesterday that Jameer Jones was wearing number 48 last year. So um, maybe that's the only other reason that you would cut that player specifically. It's like, hey, we're going to need that jersey, young fella. Um, but, no, I mean, yeah, I, they're obviously – gonna have to make a move at that spot you're either gonna draft the guy or sign a free agent or both or uh in this case a splash move of a bud dupree type so um i don't know that anything's imminent generally you know when a player leaves one of these nfl free agent visits and he doesn't leave with paper in hand and he's wearing the the nice fresh hat and sitting at a desk i tend to think it's not going to go down but this is a little different, I suppose, because of the history with the organization. And there's plenty of familiarity if they want to circle back and and figure something out for themselves. Kevin Colbert always has said, you know, we're we're good with letting guys go test the market, see what's out there. And they know they can come back here if they want to, as they did uh, this time of year ago with Terrell Edmonds. So a little different here in Bud's case, but perhaps that's what will happen. Or if it doesn't, I think you can certainly find a intriguing edge rusher and say the the third or fourth round of this draft yeah i do agree man the uh but dupree saga is gonna be cool to continue to follow man and just to see if we do get that reunion though and the but, funny thing about that role mm-hmm. as you know it's like you know we yeah. play out a couple different ways you know most recently with melvin ingram they went the veteran route and i don't think that was the right fit for what he wanted and for what they wanted what they really had you know they've tried to go the rookie route but quincy roche just you know it wasn't what they thought they were getting in the sixth round a couple years ago. Ideally, I think you you do get a rookie who can hit the ground running there, and he's going to be a young guy in the NFL who doesn't mind having a fairly minor role uh, in not being a starter right off the bat. But obviously, you got to thread that needle of still having some juice in there to help when you get the chance. And you know, we'll see what happens here with uh, how they eventually solve that conundrum. Mm-hmm. Now, without a doubt. Now, I did want to ask you about one of the guys that we did sign to not just outside linebacker room, but more importantly to the D line, the interior portion of that. Armand Watts. Um, what are your thoughts on him, man? And do you think or the impact you think this will have on our draft strategy as well? Yeah, I was surprised that the Steelers uh, signed another, you know, an NFL dude, as Mike Tomlin <laughs> probably will call Armand Watts when yeah. asked about him at some point um, on the D line, because, you know, I, I did think going into this off season, they were looking at a, a situation where that could very easily be their first round pick, you know, Tyson Alualu, it's all been quiet on his front, but I assume he's, he's not coming back. And you know, Chris Wormley too, has got the injury. So that's probably preventing any business from getting done there, even if they wanted to. And, you know, Montrevious Adams, I think didn't take the next step last season. Um, I think you need a bigger, bigger body just for for that situational football um so just a lot of question marks basically um you know i think at the very least you're giving yourself a couple bodies in there in braden fahoko and armand watts that 
if it doesn't work out where you, you don't find a D tackle in those early rounds in your first five picks, then you don't, you're not stuck getting somebody in the seventh round who, let's face it, is probably not going to have the physical attributes or the athleticism to ever really be a contributor here. So you're at least covering all your bases and, you know, you, you got to be stout against the run in this division. You've got to have a wave of bodies to throw at mm-hmm. it. And this is not really new for them. You know, they, they went out and got a Rennell Wren last year, signed him to the practice squad. He was a dude with NFL experience and, and got called up a couple times late in the year for those AFC North clashes specifically. So uh, Watts is somebody who, yeah, see what he's got in camp. He's still a relatively young guy. Let him compete with the uh, the really younger guys in your own yeah. pipeline and may the best man win because you got to improve the talent level, uh, whether it comes with from within or from uh, the outside. And, and, you know, sticking with that, Brian, like it, it does feel like, you know, as, as we've started to get a bigger picture, bigger, you know, the, the, the full view of the offseason to this point. And that will obviously come into into complete focus here in a couple weeks once we get the draft behind us as well too, but it, it just it's felt like a real onus in the trenches, hasn't it? I mean, they got they got more guards on offense now than Buckingham Palace. I, I mean, they've they've got guards everywhere, right? On the defensive line, they brought back uh, Ogan Joby, and they've added a couple guys. Like we we know new regime Omar Khan, Andy Weidel. A, a, a big, you know, part of Andy's success in Philadelphia was just this, you know, winning at the offensive line, winning at the defensive line, being able to beat people up in the trenches. Does it does that feel like a, a real onus that has been, been brought to Pittsburgh that we want to be able to run the ball? We want to be able to stop the run and, and we're going to kind of build everything else around that for, for both units. Yeah, it feels like they might be moving to the Big Ten West division. and didn't tell <laughs> right. anybody. Uh, right. they're, they're gearing up for. Playing in a phone booth against Wisconsin and, and Iowa in Nebraska, you know, two, uh, three times a year. But that's right. No, Illinois, Illinois, baby. Yeah. Yeah. It has been interesting to, to see this. And it just makes me think like I, I feel like I can just picture Andy Weidel, Omar Khan reviewing film or even in the moment as it was happening, the Bills game, the Eagles game and just thinking to themselves, we are not big enough. We're not tough, tough enough. We're not good enough up front and and that's what we need our identity to be so when this offseason hits we are going to invest heavily more so at least than previous seasons uh to fortify those trenches it and it does make sense for what the Steelers are trying to do um I think they they want to be a team that leans on the run and stops the run first regardless of whether you think that's because of the decades of Steelers tradition or just a simple clear path you know clearest path to victory and what's become an AFC really defined by the high-flying passing games around you. Uh, sometimes you you need to uh, to fight fire with water instead of more fire. So uh, I think that that could be part of it as well. And uh, we'll see what, what what that means for the draft. You know, tackle kind of a conspicuously unaddressed need other than, you know, LaRaven Clark, a journeyman type. So I really feel like, it, you know, there there's just a lot of, vibes i'm getting that they are going to try to swing for the fences with that big tackle that they really haven't had a chance draft position wise to get the, these last few seasons so uh yeah i mean that's that's what you've got to do in the afc north uh i i thought that you know the interior line was was pretty solid but i guess the decision makers thought no it, it needs to be even better so uh yeah i mean that that feels like a real philosoph- philosophical emphasis that they're putting on winning at the line of scrimmage no doubt so y'all heard it right here, ladies and gentlemen. 
Brian Batco just confirmed the Steelers are trading up with the Chicago Bears for the ninth overall pick to take Peter Skaronsky. Is that what that's what you just said, right? I feel like that's what you just confirmed. <laughs> I, Peter Skaronsky individually is pretty interesting. I just keep reading and listening to people saying he's not going to be a, a tackle in the NFL. Um, you know, so if that <laughs> – you know, if that were to happen, we'd have a whole other uh, host of hypotheticals, I guess, to go down. <laughs> I think at number nine, most to your point, probably have your pick of the litter with the offensive lineman mm-hmm. in draft. So I guess what it really comes down to is Skaronsky, Broderick Jones, Paris Johnson, do the yeah. Steelers like really, really love one of those three or even two of those three? Could that prompt them to make a move? I still kind of think they're going to stay put at 17, let the draft come to them the way they did last year with Kenny Pickett at number 20, but you never know. Uh, new new people work in the phones to some extent. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> I, l- let me ask you this then. Is there a pick in your mind, Mr. Backo, where you would start to get that itch, where you would start to want to wanna pick up the – you know, if, if, if the offensive tackle or the defensive back is still sitting there at 13, at 14, it, it, do you have an area where you would say, okay, if we – if, if we get to pick 14, right, and and Christian Gonzalez is still there or, or you know, one of one of these, Broderick Jones, whoever, is there an area in your mind that you would realistically, because there's been a lot of talk this week, rumors this week, that the Steelers have been kicking the tires with the Chicago Bears for that ninth pick, right? I, that feels a little too rich for my blood. But, but do you have a range where, okay, if we started to get to this pick, and in the kind of quote unquote, you know, dream selection was there that you would think about making that call to move up. Not really, because I think this draft is pretty deep. Uh, I think there's there are going to be good options for the Steelers at 17 and kicking the can down the road. I think that also means there are going to be really good options for them at 32 and 49 and even all the way down to 80, especially at the positions where I think they could use some upgrades. So to me, it would, it would take a lot this time a year ago, I would have told you. There's one player in the draft that I really love for for what they need to value, and that would have been Jordan Davis from Georgia. And he did you know, start to fall a little bit, but they didn't ultimately make that move. And I think in retrospect now we can say they clearly wanted to go quarterback and they pretty clearly wanted to go Kenny Pickett. So it was sort of a moot point that some random guy at the Post-Gazette thought they should get Jordan Davis and move up for him. But, um, yeah, no, I, I think – this year, as far as that exercise goes, I, I know Devin Witherspoon and Christian Gonzalez are are way up there in, in terms of the consensus top corners. And the same thing with those three li- offensive linemen that I just mentioned. And, you know, Jalen Carter is a whole other wild card in, in this. But uh, I think I'd, I'd be content to say, look, we already swindled the Bears once. Let's just take that extra pick we got from Chase Claypool and let's stockpile some, you know, a talented core of four to five guys who you hope can can help uh turn you into that contender soon that you want to be i like it i like it well there was a player speaking of you know trading up and things like that in the quarterback position that did just get traded uh jeff okuda former third overall pick getting moved for a fifth rounder was that somebody that you think the still should have had interest in or kicked the tires on um Maybe. I mean, I don't know the exact situation there with if the Falcons had some sort of intel on him and yeah. why they think he might be able to work down there. Um, you know, I think we've, we've certainly seen in the past that the Steelers will never turn their back on a player who might be labeled a bust right. or um, or hasn't worked out or panned out in uh, in the original franchise that drafted him, whether it's mm-hmm. via free agency or trade. 
you know, they, they've been pretty willing to take a chance on, on those types of players. Yeah. You know, inherently those guys tend to be your highly hyped uh, first round picks. So it wouldn't surprise me if they would have, uh, you know, done their due diligence. I think they've probably got some good connections to the lions organization specifically. They, um, you know, they, they understand that Okuda was a talented guy, but maybe a misevaluation by a lot of the national draft community and, and clearly uh, the teams that were picking that high too. So um, I, if not for Patrick Peterson being in the fold, I would have said, yeah, um, you know, what does it hurt to, to give up a fifth rounder, but they've also been burned by giving up some of these uh, yeah. otherwise late round picks, we call them. But then you look back at a move like trading for Malik Reed and it's like, eh, it wouldn't hurt to have a sixth rounder uh, coming up here. So I, I don't necessarily blame them for sitting that one out, even if it, it probably did have some intrigue just to see if you can be that team that, that turns things around for him. Very interesting. Very interesting. Our buddy, our good friend of the show, Mr. Brian Bacco, real quick before I let you go, right? We do these, we get these random, random question tweets. Like we used to call it three question Thursday back in the day where our listeners would ask us, you know, during the off season, just kind of random off the wall questions. Sometimes that would have something to do with football and sports, but other times that would just be, you know, completely random. Um, I've got I, I've got some here for Motsi in our final segment, but this is a good one from yeah. and Andrew's one of the guys who always tweets these in. What's the last thing you complained about? Oh man, wow! Oh, it probably had to be the three year old, right? Like goodness gracious, toddlers. Um, <laughs> you know they're up and down, they're roller coasters. But I'm sure I complained about him not cleaning up or um, you know. Making him, yeah, making a mess with his food, something along those sure. lines. Not being nice to his little sister, yeah. yeah. He's nice to her. He's not very nice to me. So. <laughs> yeah, is that, that's, is that what I've is that what I've got in store about about a month and a half from now? <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe. I don't know, man. Uh, I am. It is. It is funny, Motsi. I'm like a year behind Bacco. We're like <laughs> we're like a year behind the Baccos on these timelines. So it's always nice <laughs> to be able to pick his brain. Yeah, but you have a daughter who's that you know who's the older one, and you know I think correct. So far, based on my old, I think the, the girls, they're angelic, you know, they, they'll, they'll be right. Most, is that true? Am I off base on this? For the most part, for the most no, part, okay. yeah. We've for got, yeah. yes. Well, we've got I neighbors. Play. I was just going to say, we've, we've got neighbors that have three young boys and like they are yeah. everywhere. Yeah. And Olivia just like sits there and laughs at them. I'd probably, I'd probably just go live in the woods if that were me. But um, yeah, I guess I did complain about having to cut the grass at the beginning of this. So that would be, that would be another one. You guys get first time. Say that again. Did you guys get your first cut in yet? You know spring? it. You know I'm about yeah. to get my. I'm about to get my second one. Uh, either later today or tomorrow. I don't have to do it here in the next next 24, 36 hours. Even even with the with the with the gimpy back. Okay. All right. Yeah. You know what? That's a that's an easy one for me. It was the last thing you complained about. My back from, from yeah. messing it up going to Costco with the little one this morning. Uh, being 32 years old, I tell you what, it's difficult. Our buddy Brian Bacco of the Post-Gazette, make sure you're checking out all his work here in the next couple weeks, getting you ready for the draft. And beyond that, of course, as we roll along in the offseason, he doesn't do cap. He hasn't changed his number since the seventh grade. Buddy, thank you. We appreciate the time as always. No problem, gentlemen. We'll see you. When we come back here on the other side, we will get into those three question Thursdays. We'll find out the last thing Arthur Motes complained about. We'll also wrap up that mock draft scenario conversation that we were having in the first segment as well, too. Wesley Euler, Arthur Motes, it's the Steelers Blitz on SNR. Tired of pickup truck bed chaos? Meet Decked. 
game-changing USA-made full bed-length drawers for tools and gear. Waterproof, dustproof, lockable, secure. Whether you're working, hunting, fishing, camping, or just getting out of town. And introducing decked deco cases. Tough, modular, problem-solving cases built for the truck, job site, campsite, or garage. Say goodbye to random bins and tie-downs. Order now at deck.com slash iHeart for free shipping. Decked. Your truck, your rules. Deck.com forward slash iHeart. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started.